Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of Epiphany Lutheran Church of Mount Vernon, Virginia. We're a congregation of the Metro DC Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. And you can find out more about us on our website at epiphanylutheran.org. A reading from the Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary, but the chaff he will burn in unquenchable fire. Now when all the people were baptized, when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The prophet Isaiah says in the name of God, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. The promise of God is good news. You may find yourself in waters over your head, but you will not be overwhelmed. You may find yourself in a world where everything seems to be on fire, but you will not be burned. That sounds like good news. Maybe I could just stop the sermon right there. How can I improve on that promise from God? The problem, though, is that if you've experienced a little bit of life, you know it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes there are literal floods that do overwhelm. Sometimes there are literal fires that destroy and kill. If you've lost your home or a loved one in a flood or in a fire, in a tornado or to a virus, you can be forgiven for asking, why didn't God come through on that promise? And in the metaphorical sense, we all sometimes feel that life is overwhelming. I know sometimes I do. Sometimes it's all a bit too much. Sometimes you trust and things go wrong and you get burned. 
We do everything right, and yet bad things happen that we don't control. And the problem with scripture texts like this one from Isaiah today is that many people will hear them at the moment that they are stinging in pain from being burned by somebody that they trusted, when they feel like they're lost in deep waters, and they think, I'm not supposed to feel this way. If I had enough faith, I wouldn't feel this way. And so since I do feel overwhelmed and burned, there must be something wrong with me. Or maybe they think that, well, you know, if I was one of the ones that God loves, then this wouldn't be happening to me, so therefore God must have something against me. And then what Isaiah intended to be heard as good news comes across as really bad news indeed. This is the problem that comes when we take individual verses of Scripture and read them as if each and every verse by itself contains the full weight of a word from God that is equally valid and applicable in every situation. I think it is much healthier to think of the Bible as a story, a story of the whole of God's interaction with people, a story that is told by multiple voices at different times, a story that is filled with metaphors and illusions and variations on common themes in which every verse is important because it has its place in the story. But the full meaning comes from the story as a whole. And so when Isaiah talks here about passing through waters, to take one of his two metaphors, he's not talking in a vacuum about water and floods in general. He is recalling the many scriptural stories about passing through water. Probably the best known is the crossing of the Red Sea. God's heard the cries of the enslaved people in Egypt. God has come to set them free. Through signs and wonders, against all odds, even when they themselves thought it could never happen, they have escaped. But now, they're cornered. In front of them, of sea, too vast and too deep to be crossed. Behind them, the pursuing army of their slave masters. It looks like the freedom and the salvation that God has promised them have been totally lost. That there's no hope that anything God has promised them can possibly be real. And then, in a way that nobody could have predicted or foreseen, the immovable obstacle of the Red Sea turns out to be no obstacle at all. Somehow, God makes a way in a place where there was no way. And so freedom and a good life in the promised land are possible after all. The Old Testament is full of stories like this. God calls the people, God calls an individual prophet to a particular place, to a particular mission, to a particular blessing, 
but water is in the way. Water is an obstacle to God's call that seems impossible to overcome. It's not just the Red Sea. When the people are ready to enter the Promised Land, they have to cross the Jordan River. When Elijah has to complete his mission before being taken up to heaven, he's blocked from fulfilling his last task by a river. When Jonah is called to proclaim repentance to Nineveh, he gets thrown overboard from a ship into the middle of the Mediterranean. In every case, water is an apparently insurmountable barrier to the fulfillment of God's plan, and every time God's purpose is not thwarted. And I could go on talking all day about more stories from the scripture of water and shipwreck, of fire burning a bush that does not consume it, fires that reveal and, and purify without destroying. But suffice it to say that every story is about a God who overcomes all obstacles to accomplish what God sets out to do, and that is to re rescue and restore all of God's beloved children. Isaiah 2 speaks about the waters that will not overwhelm us in the context of a promise. A promise that God will gather together all of God's children. From the four winds, from the north and the south and the east and the west, God will pull together all those who have been divided and separated and bring them together as one people in God's beloved community. And on the way back, there may be obstacles and rivers and seas. On the way back, we may go through fire and storm. On the way to God's good kingdom, we may encounter impossible obstacles and painful passages. And I think Isaiah is not telling us that we will never feel overwhelmed or that we will never get burned. But Isaiah is promising us that God will not be deterred or held back by any of those things. Even if in a moment we do feel overwhelmed, even if in the moment we are terrified, even if in the moment we are crushed and in pain. Well, our ancestors in the faith were also overwhelmed as they looked out at the Red Sea and behind at the pursuing army. Our ancestors in faith also felt cornered and saw no human way out, and yet God made a way. Isaiah's promise is that God's desire and love is such that all people will be gathered together. And by all people, Isaiah says, everybody. Everyone who is called by my name, he says at the end of this passage. Everyone whom I created for my glory, everyone whom I formed and made, that's everybody. Everybody will be gathered in from the four winds 
and made together as one people who live together in mutual love and harmony. Now, how is God going to bring people together? I mean, have you seen the news lately? How do we get from the divisions and the obstacles that we have to get to that community that God promises we will be drawn into? There are huge obstacles in the way. It's hard to see how God could make that happen. But Isaiah says, remember the story. Remember what God has already done. Remember that God makes a way where there is no way. In Jesus, the epiphany of the birth of Jesus, the epiphany of the baptism of Jesus, the epiphany of the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus is that God is not overwhelmed by the obstacles in the way that we have put in the way of achieving God's promises. But in Jesus, God comes to share those obstacles with us. In Jesus, God goes into the water with us. God goes through the fire with us. John the Baptist preached that the Messiah would come with fire. Perhaps what he didn't expect is that the fire wouldn't be for the bad people over there because the bad people over there are included in the people who are called by God's name, whom God created for his glory, whom God formed and made, who are being gathered together. Rather, the fire that comes is the fire that the Messiah will go through, that the Messiah will be burned by, will be scarred by. The Christ will be overwhelmed by the waters. The Christ will die. The Messiah's fire, the all-consuming fire of God that burns and cannot be extinguished but does not destroy, but rather purifies. This fire is for God. This enduring this fire with us is how God brings all people together. And it is the gospel that provokes this conversion. In the gospel, we read that James and John one day got very mad at a town in Samaria that wouldn't welcome Jesus as he was passing through and asked Jesus for permission to call down fire from heaven to destroy them. Jesus told them no. And in the Acts of the Apostles, we read today how the apostles have been converted by the example of Jesus and they go to Samaria to call down fire, not the fire to destroy, but the fire of the Holy Spirit. When we know that God has passed through the waters, when we know that God bears the fire of the Spirit, we know that we can do it too, that we get to share with it, that we get to go with Jesus in our own baptism to pass through water, to receive unquenchable fire. 
because we know that Jesus came to do it with us in this life and that God's promise to bring all people together will, no matter what, be fulfilled. Thanks for listening to our sermon podcast. You're welcome to join us for Sunday worship online or if you're in Northern Virginia in person on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time. For more information about us, please visit our website at epiphanylutheran.org. Thank you.